0: I'm talking about a trusted heart. Can your heart be trusted? Then also, can God trust you? And I want you to ask the person beside you, "Can God trust you?" Ask him. You know what? Here's a here's a good question. Do you ask him? Do you believe that God trusts you? I mean, how many persons in here just by the showing off your hand, you trust in you trust God? alright, alright, cool, put your hands down how many persons here, you're confident that God really trusts you you're confident, everybody you're confident that God trusts you, alright, cool, cool that's good, that's good, that's good some of us we are not sure, that's not a bad place at least you're being honest and we will, we will get into this, but, but can God really trust us when our backs are against the wall can God trust us in the midst of difficulties to do what is godly and right in fact, what the, the, the thing is that I mean, I mean, the people around us don't even trust us. So just ask the person beside you, do you trust me? <laughs> do do you do you, do, you, do you ask? No, seriously, do you, do you trust me? Listen, they are, they are husband and wives. That this question may be difficult for them, do, right? Um. Do you trust me? They may say yes because they're in church, you know what I mean? But I mean, they may pretend to be sleeping because they don't want to answer. But put but, but them on the shoulder and say, Do, do you trust me? Uh, did they tell her, Well, let me think about that. Uh, y- you know, um, but, but we have a problem with trust, right? Um, If you live in Jamaica in particular, trusting can be very difficult for you. Because we are cultured to don't trust nobody. In fact, there are songs about it about not trusting people. They put it in songs and play it on the airwaves that you're not supposed to trust nobody. You mustn't trust no shadow after dark. You understand me? I mean, all kind of things Jamaican have about trust. But don't trust Jamaican men after when they congregate around dominoes and sports. They say, listen, brother, you can't trust no man. When the women gather around the table of talkers, they will say, yeah, you can't trust no man. because none of them are not have you ever heard those things but but you know that there is a connection between genuine love and trust in other words you can't genuinely love somebody and not trust them and you can't genuinely trust somebody that you don't love if you don't love the person it's going to be hard for you to trust them amen and when you really love somebody it's easier for you to trust them. So there's a connection between loving and trusting. In fact, do you know that you can't really trust God and not love God? And it's hard for you to love God and not trust God because without faith it is impossible to please God. For anyone who comes to him, what? Must believe. But can God trust you? The, 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 our scripture is from 2 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to read from around verse 4 down to uh, uh, verse 11. And Paul is in a crisis. And he speaks of a crisis. And in this crisis, Paul, going through hardship, going through storms, going through trials, Paul trusted in God and Paul believed and knew that God trusted him. The question we must answer is that when our backs are against the wall and the storms of life come, the troubles come, can God trust us? Could God trust you right now to give you billions and give you wealth? Would it change how you are and how you operate? Could God trust you with ministry where people are being raised up from the dead and the sick are being healed? How would that operate? How would that function in your life? Could God trust you with such authority? Could God trust you with such wealth? Could God trust you with such power? can God really trust you? So as usual, I'm going to ask you to stand for the reading of the word. This is such a good scripture. We're going to enjoy reading it. We stand for the reading of God's word. And I want you to lift your Bibles up. It's always good to, 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 to have your Bible in church. And it's good. Listen, I don't have a problem with it being on the phone. But I just feel like, like to really write and underline stuff. I'm old fashioned, right? You need like a Bible. But the phone is good because the phone can do those fancy things. I don't know how to do it. So pray for me in Jesus' name. So I always like a Bible like this. You are all young. You know how to Um, highlight stuff with phones and stuff. I I like to look at my Bible. so I have one Bible that I mark up and this one is free of marks. Alright? So when I finish mark up that one, so every year I get a Bible, a new one. And the reason why I don't want to go back over my markings and live in the past revelation. So I want to make sure that I read it fresh with no knowledge of what I received the last time. So I like changing my Bible. So I have a lot of Bibles, right? Amen. So... I'm just saying, you can't change your phone every year. So just get a Bible like this, right? This you can't change. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, lift your Bible up and declare that. This is God's word, not Pastor Omar's word. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today... I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are opened. And I better not go to sleep. I will never be the same. In Jesus name. Amen. Remain standing while I read for you. It says all praise to God. The father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others when they are troubled. We will be, when they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Come on. Listen, this is ministry, right? Just say to your neighbor, what I'm going through is designed to help you that's what the scripture is saying the scripture is saying listen what that person is going through they are learning something from God that is going to be necessary for you when you are going through something it goes on and it says this for when we ourselves are comforted we will certainly comfort you then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort God gives us. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the troubles we went through in the province of Asia. So Paul begins to talk about some troubles and the comfort of God. Then he says, alright, let me highlight you while we are talking to you about this. We went through some stuff in Asia. He says, we were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. The Bible and scriptures are real. Because many of us, we have been here feel like this is too much for me to bear. He says, we thought we would never live through it. Have you felt like that? You just feel like, I don't think I can make it out of this. He said, in fact, we expected to die. But, but and say, but but he says, but as a result of all that he went through, expected to die, he says, but as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely on God. If it wasn't for his troubles, he wouldn't realize the need. To rely on God. That's why sometimes, you know, some little shaking needs to take place so we can know that we need to rely on God. Because sometimes we become too self-reliant. Scripture goes on, right? Who raises the dead? He did rescue us from mortal danger and He will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in Him and he will continue to rescue us and you are helping us by praying for us so I turn to him and say when i'm going through all you need to do is to be praying for me it says then many people will give thanks because god has graciously answered so many prayers for our safety so heavenly father we thank you in the name of jesus We thank you for every test and every trial, every trouble. For in them we have learned to not rely on ourselves, but to rely on you. We thank you that it is in them and through them we have come to understand that we can be totally confident in you to rescue us and to deliver us. Lord, we thank you for the prayers of the saints that have kept us and worked our deliverance as they have been answered by you spirit of the living god we thank you this morning and we ask you to continue to speak to us by your holy spirit let every ear be open to hear your voice and every eye be open to see your truth let minds be ready to receive your word lord god and hearts that that can absorb it and apply it by faith in the name of jesus we decrease so that you would increase in our midst lord we want nothing of this except you be glorified you receive all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. Let everything that is done, every thought, Lord God Almighty, in this place at this time, be glorifying to your name and your name only. We thank you and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. What a scripture. The apostle said, man, I mean, I thought I would not have made it. But God rescued me. God delivered me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is a deliverer. Amen. So to be able to trust the ones we love, um, to, able, to be able to trust the ones we love is important to almost all people. In order to love them, we have to be able to trust them. And so if I asked most of you, could you be trusted? You would probably say yes. You can trust me. I don't know if you have ever worked in a company and a supervisor or a manager will come to you and say, can I trust you to run things while I'm gone? If people ask you, can you be trusted? All of us would answer yes. I I don't think there's a person in here who would say, you know, you can't really trust me, you know. Amen? So all of us would say yes. Because we would reason that we are good and even godly people. We'd say, well, I don't steal. We don't cheat. We'd even go as far as say, "Who, I'm an honest person. I don't tell lies. Most of us. But if I ask you like I did earlier, can God trust you? The answer then becomes a little bit more difficult. It's easy to say that you can trust me. But when asked, can God trust you? It's a different thing. The issue with trust is that where trust is broken, love is messed up. And where love is messed up, relationships are challenged. Because love is such an important cornerstone. And so if there is no trust, it's going to be hard to experience genuine love and the relationship is going to begin to fall apart. In modern society, when, when you ask um, ladies, can you tell us five things you're looking for in a man? They will say, well, he has to be faithful, he has to be trustworthy, or he has to be honest. Most ladies, I would say 99%. There's a 1% who will say that he has to be tall, dark, and handsome. Just 1%. 99% use Amen, ladies? <laughs> Alright, just, just checking up around the same page. Right? But, 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 but for most women, I would say that is important. I don't know if it's a high priority for men, but I know when it comes on to women, it's a very high priority. Can I trust you? Are you faithful? Are you honest? A big turn off for ladies is a person who tells a lie. Right? Or they can't trust them. Or they don't seem to be faithful. Right? Very, very, very important. So, where there's no trust, sometimes love becomes very difficult. And so it is with a relationship with God. But can God trust you when you're under attack? When, when, When the people you love the most are the people who are coming against you the most. Can God trust you? Can God trust you when all hell is breaking loose around you? Can God trust you when Satan decides to shoot a fiery dart at your marriage or at your children? Can God trust you to to remain faithful and to remain Christ-like and to do what is right? Can God trust you when the bank says the check is bounced, that you'll still operate honorable? Can God trust you when the boss doubles your work and he doesn't double your pay? Can God trust you? Can God trust you? And let me ask you, how many persons do you really trust? Look around you right now... And be honest... How many persons in here you really trust? You would probably say... Pastor, well... I don't know them... So I can't trust them... I mean outside of the church... If somebody said, Do you trust the pastor? Well pastor... Just money now... What you think? Yeah... That, I mean that... Come on now... That, that's what we answer... So so, so when a sinner man walks up to you... And he says... You go to church... And he says... So you trust the pastor well pastor just man? In other words, me not trust him, no, but me not go really say that we are That that's how it is, because we have a hard time trusting others, and I think it leaves a deficit in our own lives, because trust is a serious issue that needs to be dealt with. And so, when you are going through stuff, can can God trust you? can God trust you? When you're going through your difficulties and you need to stand up for Jesus, can you be trusted? When your marriage is on the rocks, can you be trusted? When your kids are going astray, can God trust you? When the money is no longer there, can God trust you? When you have been laid off from your job, can God trust you? trust you. When failure is all around you, can God trust you? All of these things are different forms of spiritual attack. And all of us have been under spiritual attack at one point or another. All of us. If you are a child of God, understand that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. There is the spiritual remedy where there is a constant battle going on you must understand that whether you fight or not, you're at war. You may not be fighting, but that doesn't mean that there's no war going on. So, so here's what happened. The first, first is, when, when under spiritual attack, we must realize that it is Satan that has pulled the rug out from under us. Whenever spiritual attack comes, remember don't fix your eyes on your husband. Don't begin to attack your wife. Don't begin to attack your children. Don't begin to attack your brothers and sisters in the face. Don't begin to attack your boss. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. So we must realize that the core, the beginning, the person causing all of this is the evil one and he is Satan. We have to realize that that is his assignment. And he's the one who is causing all of this. But many of us are ignorant to where our troubles come from. We believe that somehow if people are torment us and people are bother us. And where why God can get rid of them demons here, that is how we begin to classify people. Why God, God can take them out of our life and get rid of them. And, and all of that. And listen, we don't realize that while you're fighting your husband that the enemy is destroying your marriage. While you're fighting your wife the enemy is destroying your marriage. While you're fighting your kids, your family is being destroyed. While the church is fighting each other, the devil is winning. I think it's time for us to fight the same enemy together you're gonna see that in scriptures. So we 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 blame everyone but the one the word says come, came to kill, to steal, kill, and destroy. So we blame everyone. You are the reason. You are the reason. It's you, it's you, it's you. No. These evil things come from the evil one. And that is why the scripture also says the weapons of a warfare. They are not carnal. They are mighty through God. We must understand that the scripture in Ephesians, put on the whole armor of God, and part of it is a shield of faith to quench the fiery darts. Not of your brother and sister, husband of wife. The fiery darts of the enemy. We have a common enemy. But too often we spend our time fighting each other because we are ignorant of who the enemy is. But God doesn't want us to be ignorant about anything. And this is why we have His Word. We have His Word because the Scripture teaches us in His Word who our common enemy is. And the Holy Spirit is here that we can have understanding of that Word. And so Paul here is saying that I have been through the storm. He's saying that trials and tribulation will come. And sometimes it can be almost too much to bear. Satan has his uh, uh, demons. And ha- they have no intention of allowing you to be successful. They have no intention of allowing you to be at peace. The enemy wants to affect the peace in your life. All right. The P-E-A-C-E. Because if he destroys P-E-A-C in your life, your life will fall into P-I-E-C-E with an S at the end pieces if your peace is gone your life will disintegrate into pieces peace is so important and I'm not talking about the absence of conflict I'm talking about the inner peace that you know your faith is anchored in the Lord you know that you can have peace in the midst of the storm Paul is saying all of this Paul is saying, in the midst of what I am going through, I'm not God, God, you can trust me in this, that I'm going to keep my peace. I have peace with you, and I have inner peace, God. And nothing is going to change or affect that. Here's why it's important. Where there's an absence of peace, there is chaos and disorder. And where there is chaos and disorder, there can be no manifestation of glory. Because for glory to be manifested, order must precede it. And that is why the glory of the Lord came when everything came back in order on earth. The scripture said it was null and void. It was chaos. God had to bring things in order and then the glory of the Lord came. Every time the people of Israel came together and everything was in order, God's glory descended. When your life is out of order, it means there is an absence of peace. And when there is an absence of peace, the glory is missing. Because God cannot work in chaos. And disorder. The enemy knows this. So he tries to destroy your peace. And he brings the storm. He brings the fire. He brings the flood. For if he can destabilize your peace. He can destabilize your family. He can destabilize your marriage. He can destabilize your walk with the Lord. So you have to make this decision. That no matter what storm cloud. May rock the ship of my... Do you, do you know those good old songs? That's when they have meaning. He give me peace. In the midst of the storms of life. The devil doesn't want you to be successful. So he's working every day at this. To make you a failure. To make you believe that you are a failure. But a righteous man falls seven times, but the Lord picks him up again. Paul was saying that in the midst of this trouble, when I thought I couldn't go on, God delivered me. He's saying that God set me free in the midst of what I'm going through, Lord, you can trust me to believe that you are my deliverer. That you will set me free. I'm not going to die in this. I may get almost to the point of death, but God will rescue. God will, I am confident, he says. In this, I'm confident. I put my confidence in him. He will deliver me. And God came through. He's saying that God, you can trust me. With the storms of life, can you lift your hands this morning and say, "God, God, listen. You can trust me with the storms of life." Paul was confident and said, "Lord, send a storm." Lord, send a storm. I, I know some of you stop right there because you don't want no storm. But we're going to get when, when, uh, we're going to get to it because you remember God said, "Listen, have you considered?" In other words, God says, alright. Here's what. Send a storm. Because I know Job. Can God really say, send a storm? Because I know Troy. Send a storm! Because I know... Send a storm! Send a hurricane! Because I know them. I trust them. I can trust them in the storm. I can trust them in the fire. I can trust them in the flood. I can trust them in the valley. I can trust them in the cave. Send a storm. Can God trust you? God wants to know will you stand and fight or will you cut and run? Like, Jamaicans like to run, you know. Call it the, the sprint factory. I don't know. We like to run away from things. Like we like to run away. I guess that's why we have run away. I don't know. But we like to run. So like to run away. But God wants us to stand, He wants us to fight. Because we can stand still and see the salvation of our God. The scripture teaches us that in Ephesians, when he speaks about the whole armor of God, he says that we must stand. There are times when you need to stand for your family and don't run. Stand for your kids and don't run. Stand for your faith and don't run. Stand and fight for your health and your well-being and don't run. Stand for your promises. The promises in God and say, listen, I'm not running away from this. God, you promise it. I'm going to stand and believe in it. I'm going to fight for the promise. I'm going to fight for my family. I'm going to fight for my community. I am going to stand and I'm going to fight. Will you be the one that stands and watches or will you take action? can God trust you to stand and fight or will you run away? You see, The Lord wants you to know what to do when you are under attack and when you are in battle. The scripture teaches us, what do I do when I am under attack? Do I run away? Do I hide? That is why he shows us. So, so, so the church has taken on many things that the world says and we do not even realize it. He who fights and runs away live to fight another day. And Bob Marley's songs become more important than actual scripture. What did David do with Goliath? David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who tries to defy the the army of the Lord? Listen, what did Jesus run away from the cross? He says, Father, nevertheless, not my will, thy will be done. The scripture said that, listen, persecution and all of those things awaited me in Jerusalem. But Paul said, listen, I'm still going over there." They're going to beat me, they're going to put me in prison, but I'm still going. You understand the apostles all knew that they were going to be martyrs. Did they stop spreading the gospel? You see, we have gotten to a place in the church where once we hear that the road is going to be rough, we say that, listen, we run away from it. That's that's not for me. So the scripture teaches us. So many saints, including Paul, they teach us. Paul knew what would await him that the old persecution, but he still did the work of the Lord. He still trusted. He still had faith. Understand this. Job, for example, Job lost 700 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 oxen, 500 she asses, they call him, right? And all his servants, and even his children, he lost friendships he lost his health here is what job kept his peace in it all in the beginning it never looked good right? he lost everything he lost everything including his health it never looked good But if you read the end of the chapter, you'll find these words. In Job 42 verse 12. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. The Lord knew that he could trust Job. His latter was blessed more than his beginning. So let me, let's just back up a little bit. Do you know that God is the beginning and the end? So when God begins something, he has already gone to the end... He's just backing it up so we can experience the manifestation. So what God was doing, because he's the beginning and the end, God is not waiting for the process to complete to complete it. It's already done. So when Job started losing sin, the restoration was already here. The issue we have is that we too have a beginning and an end. In other words, there's an end of for restoration. an end of the blessings of the Lord. an end to the fulfillment of the promise. an end to walking into the promised land. There is an end. It is his will that we prosper and be good as our soul prosper. Jeremiah 29 also speaks about that, that um, he wants us to have a good end. An expected end. So the end is out there. The issue we have is what happens in the middle. The middle is the issue. Here's why you can't do anything about Job could not change the beginning. Because God permitted something. Right? Job could only operate in the middle so he could get what was at the end. The issue we have is that we struggle in the middle. It is in the middle that the question is asked. Can God trust you in the middle? asking you, but can God trust you in the middle? Because only those who can be trusted by God in the middle, go and get what is at the end. Say, let me say it again. God has to be able to trust you in the middle. Will you have faith when the things are stripped away? When you have worked so hard to build it. And you have lost it. Will you still have faith in God? When you have spent years of toiling. And all of it is wasted in your eyes. Will you still trust God? It is in this time the scripture makes sense. For we know that all things work together. The, the beginning never looked good for Joseph. From pit to prison. But yet there was a good end of a place in a palace high place. But in the middle he kept his faith in God. He trusted in God. Again, what are you going to do in the middle? What will happen when your name is called? When it's not Joe but it's Sharon or it's Joseph or Mary or Ben or Jane. What will you do? When we get stressed out, stretched out, worn out, don't cut and run. You have to stand You have to stand in faith. And say, listen, I'm standing for the Lord. I'm standing on the promises of God. I'm standing on Christ, the solid rock. We want want to encourage you. I want you to know that there is a season for all things. What you're going through is temporary. The fire didn't last forever. The flood didn't last forever. God is able to bring you out and bring you in. And he's with you through it all. Ephesians 9, verse 12 says this for a man also does not know his time. Like a fish taken in a cruel net, like birds caught in a snare, so the son of men are snared in an evil time. When it falls suddenly upon him. In other words, listen, you're not going to know. If all of us knew when the next thing going to come up, would fix up. If 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 the Lord told you that next week, listen, your tire is going to be punctured. When you're driving on the road at 9 30 and some heap of boys going past and going to try to rob you, you know what's going to happen to you? Next week, 9 30, you're not going upon no road. You are park your car. You are not go nowhere steal me. I say must say mud. God could have really tell me, said that happened to me and me left my yard. <laughs> you must be crazy. Listen, listen. If if if, if you and if God say listen, next month uh, on the 24th, uh, they are going to break into your house. While you are there, and you know where you do, you all try to find somewhere as you rent to move. I'm telling you, listen. All of us, if we knew, would try to thwart the plans of God. Amen. Now think about it. That is why it happened suddenly. Why? Why why you know why it have to happen suddenly? Because when it happens suddenly, it puts you in a place where you have to what? What Paul says rely on God and not ourselves if it never happened suddenly you rely on your intelligence to fix it right what happens when you hear that storm coming you button down man supermarket empty you know how it is I mean wherever you have to find the money from you find it and you buy up your local stuff and all of those things and you button down and stuff but this is not how spiritual warfare works. The devil don't send out uh, don't send Roy Forrester to come and read. Um, is Roy Forrester? I don't know, I don't know who read um weather now. Roy's dead? There you go. Well Roy won't be telling you anything, but I don't know whoever read the weather, right? They don't send the, the weather person to come and read and say, Next week Tuesday at twelve thirty, this is going to happen. It don't happen like that. The scripture said When it falls suddenly upon them. And when this happens. This is when. Trusting in God. And God being able to trust us really matters. It happens suddenly. It's as Satan has chosen you for attack. Why? Because he wants to steal your joy. He wants to kill your faith. And he wants to prevent you from growing in Christ. Your crisis Is to help you to grow in Christ. And what Satan wants to do. Is to kill your joy. And he wants to kill your faith. He wants you to stop growing. Because a Christian. That is not growing in Christ. And not growing in faith. Has no impact in the kingdom. And the devil wants you to stop growing. And that is why if you're doing nothing, if you're not growing, he doesn't need to bother you. It means that he already has you where he wants you. Who he's looking for is those who are growing in the Lord. Those who are doing works of the Lord. Those who are maturing in faith. And what he wants to do, he wants to steal your joy so you can stop. He wants to kill your faith so you can stop. And you have to resolve in your mind that that, won't happen to me. Satan wants to make you quit. He wants to make you run. He wants to make you cry. How are you going to react when the attacks come? Can God trust you? Can God trust you? This is the time when most people lose, and lose their faith and give up on God. Most people lose their faith in Christ and give up on him when things get tough. Easy times everybody can enjoy. But when, when things get tough, oh my Lord. So, so, so what do I do in the middle? I ask the neighbor, ask the neighbor, tell me something that I can do in the middle. Find out what they're going to tell you. Uh, what, 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 what am I supposed to do in the middle? In the middle of my fire, what am I supposed to do? In the middle of my flood, what am I supposed to do? In the middle of my valley, ask them, say, please, you're a believer, tell me what am I supposed to do in the middle? am I supposed to do in the middle? That is the question we must answer. Because all of us know that we don't control what happens in the beginning. The promise is at the end. But what do we do between the beginning and the promise? What do I do in the middle? Let me help you. The scripture says forsake not yourselves forsake not yourselves among the assembling of the saints. Here's what you do in the middle. You have to attend church and Bible study. You have to get, you have to listen. When you're going through the middle, you need the church. You need the brothers and sisters in Christ. You know who Paul greeted in his letter? He says, Brothers and sisters. Paul is letting us know that if you're going to do this, you're going to need the brothers and sisters. You need people. Come on, tell a neighbor, you need me. And I need you. In the middle is when we need to be in church. When times get tough, it's not time to run away from church. It's time to be in there and have the saints come together for love and support. We need church. We need fellowship. We need these things. We need prayer meeting. Ecclesiastes 4 9-12 says, Two are better than one. Two are better than one. Two are better than one. Because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls. Come on, tell it here. i sorry for you if you don't have somebody with you. And we need people. Listen, let me, let me tell you this. Don't let anybody fool you. No Christian can go alone. Don't let them tell you this is not no monk business where you go up into the mountains by yourself. Even when Jesus was going up to pray, didn't he carry three with him? And he says, Stay here while I go to pray. Although he caught them sleeping, they were close by. It means that you must always be close to other believers. Let me say it again. You must always be close to other believers. Listen, I can testify to this. In my, in my early walk of faith, I had people who never allowed me to miss church. If, if you miss church and nobody don't know, something is wrong with you. If, if you have been going to a church for years, and you're there and nobody don't know that you're not at that church, something is wrong with you or something is wrong with the church. Jesus himself said, None that you give me have lost. Except for the one. So Jesus could give an account for everyone in his little church. True? We have to be able to give account for each other. In the church. Scripture goes on and says, For he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm? Though one may be overpowered by another... Who can withstand him? A three-fold card is not quickly broken. So when we get together and walk by faith, we can conquer any devil. I need you, and you need me. So after you've taken a stand, step out in faith, because faith will move you over. Faith will move you around and through your situation. So faith will move you over, it will move you around, and faith will move you through your situation. Continue to have confidence in God. Continue to rely on God. The story is told about Wilma Rudolph. Wilma Rudolph was the 20th child of 22 for her parents. She was born prematurely and was not expected to live. At four years old, she had what they call double pneumonia. And also had scarlet fever at four. So, because of this, her legs were paralyzed. At nine years old, she removes the metal brace and for the first time, she began walking at nine years old. At 13 years old was when she started running for the first time. When she started running, every race that she did, she finished last. But she kept on running, allowing her faith to take her somewhere. I don't know if you know this story but the same Wilma Rudolph who was not supposed to live not supposed to walk not supposed to run has won three Olympic gold medals it's when your back is against the wall that you begin to anchor your faith in God the apostle says for when I'm weak your strength is made perfect in me. Adversities were not designed to push us away from God. They were designed to build us stronger in him. Job got better out of his trouble. David got better out of his trouble. And if the troubles are messing you up and tearing you apart, then you need to check your faith in God. Because God don't call your name for you to fail. He calls your name because he expects you to pass. God didn't call Job because he thought Job was going to fail the test. God called Job because he knew that Job could be trusted. So he said, have you considered? Have you considered my servant? Have you considered my servant? We attend church and Bible study. Secondly, we stay in a posture of prayer and fasting. If you are going to make it through the middle, you're going to need to pray. You need to pray and you need to fast. I'm not talking about one minute prayers. There's a place for that. I'm talking about the more intense your spiritual warfare is, is the more intense your prayers ought to be. Listen. The enemy can't be spending all day beating your family. And you want to spend one minute praying to fight him back. If he can dedicate a day, maybe you need to dedicate a day in prayer. And fasting. So, one thing that I've learned is that when my own family is under attack, I realize that I must pray and I must fast. So, in the Old Testament, the people would tear their clothes and they would fall on their face before God. You see, God is waiting for you to come before him. He's waiting on you to come before him. He says, call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. He says, before you call, I will answer you. So they used to tear their clothes in the Old Testament. That means they forget about the dress. They forget about the suit. They forget about the makeup. They forget about the hairdo. And they come before their God. They put everything aside. And they said, God, we are coming before you. Because this battle is not ours. This battle is the Lord. God, we believe. God, we trust. We stand still to see your salvation. They begin to speak the word of God in the midst of what they are going through. They repeat the promises of God. They say, God, you said this in your word and I receive it by faith because I'm going to make it through the middle and get to my end. They not only tear their clothes, but the people fast minute. They give up something. To go up, you must give up. Every time you want to go up in the Lord, there's something that you will have to sacrifice. You have to give up something. You have to give up something. You have to give up something. So you have a posture of prayer and fasting the other thing you do is that you remember that God never failed you and he's still in control. When you're in the middle, you need to remind yourself, God, you have never failed me. And Lord, you're still in control. No matter what it looks like, God, you're still in control. Sometimes you feel like you're getting a little breakthrough and everything just gets messed up. But God, you're still in control. It happens to me a lot of time. I'll, I'll buy a new product. I have a money wall and I put it aside and I start assembling stuff. And then I, I, I realize that man i making some mistake and then it looked good and i and i say yeah man look like it's coming together and then the moment you see that it just, everything mash up and thing. i don't give up i say listen as long as i have a default which is the manual this can be done listen as god is still in control listen no matter what it looks like no matter what it feels like god is still in control in the fire he is, we have to remind ourselves that God is still in control. That's how you're going to make it. The moment you begin to think like people and things have power over your situation, you begin to lose. You remind yourself that if God could pick you up out of sin, is anything too difficult for God? You remember where God has brought you from. You remember that, God, you have never failed me yet. Paul said, I was expected to die. And when I consider that, oh my Lord, I must give you some comfort. Listen, listen to what you're going through. No, 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 no. I know you're going through some stuff, so let me comfort you. Because I had some experiences last year. And like you, I thought I would have died. Receive this comfort. God brought me through that because God knows that one day you'll be going through the same thing and you need some comfort. So be comfort with the comfort that God has given me because he is still in control. While while, While David was running from Saul in the cave, Saul was never in control. It was God. Potiphar's wife was never in control. It was God. Pharaoh was never in control. It was God. It was God who said, I have heard the cries of my people in Egypt and I have come down to deliver them. It was the Pharaoh who said, "I'm tired of these people, get rid of them. God is still in control. You remember that. And sometimes you forget who is in control. Your boss is not in control. He's just a channel, not the source. Your husband is not in control; it is God. Yes, the next thing you need to do in the middle, you have to use the enemy's setback as a stepping stone for your comeback. Come on, te- tell the president, so use the setback for your comeback. Hallelujah. enemy thought he pushed you back, but this pushed me back has only built me stronger to push harder going forward. Let me tell you how this works. This is good, right? This story is told about the donkey, right? You know the family, the man and his son who want to get rid of the donkey. And no matter they shoot the donkey, and they wake up next morning, the donkey brain. They poison the donkey. The donkey get up next morning, donkey brain. They said this can't work. They try to light donkey fire. The donkey brain can't get with of the donkey. He says, alright, obviously we can't get him dead, so let's bury him alive. So they dug a hole and they put the donkey in it. And they started pouring dirt. But donkey just whoosh, shake off that. Step on the dirt. And they pour some more dirt in there. Shake off that. And every layer of dirt that he shook off, it lifted him higher. When all the dirt was poured back in the hole, the same dirt that was supposed to bury the donkey was the dirt that elevated the donkey out of his hole. Listen, the point is that the same thing that was supposed to be a setback is going to be key in your comeback. That is why Joseph said to his brother, Don't bite every cry. What you meant for evil, God. Hallelujah. Listen, listen, listen. So, some of the people who are around. Here's how it works. The devil thought he got Job good. He didn't realize that at the end. Job got double for every trouble the enemy caused. Use your setback as a stepping stone for your comeback. Here's the next one. You have to will yourself to praise God before, during, and after the battle. Come on, tell a neighbor, you have to praise God before during and after the battle. A lot of people can only sing when they see the victory. They can't sing in the fight. Come on, tell the neighbor sing in the fight. Yes, yes. Yes, you have to sing in the fight. In in Jamaica we are called band wagonists. You know why? Go to any event in Jamaica and the people only make noise when the team winning. In all other cultures. They make noise right throughout the event. Any sporting event. The people make noise. Right throughout. In Jamaica. You better win. Our stadium silent. I'm, I'm telling you. You don't believe me? Watch some sports on TV. A scene that has crept into the church. We are, until we see the victory, we don't sing. Here's what the scripture says, though, in the midst of the fight, in Psalms 34 1 to 3, it says, I will. Hold well, on, you know that scripture? You know that scripture? Come on, come on, come on. After three, just say the scripture for me. You, got, you, you, you know the Bible. One, two, three. Come on, come and put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. Say, you know the scripture. So let me ask you a question. In your last battle, were you doing the scripture? The last time you were going through, were you blessing the Lord? Were you praising? Were, were his praises on your lips? When you couldn't pay that bill when you couldn't get along with your spouse when you never had any money. Were you blessing the Lord at all times and His praise continually was on your lips because that's when it matters? Because David was in caves, David wasn't in the palace reigning as king. With of flowing in. David was in trouble and David said, in the midst of this trouble, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. David says, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. And he says, the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together in the midst of problem." Paul and Silas was in where when they were singing praises to God. You know what the place his name? Prison. And what happened? Before they got out of prison, they were what? Singing. And as they were singing, what happened to the prison? The doors were opened. Listen, listen. You can't wait until the door opens for you to sing, because the door may never open. You have to open and you have to sing until the door. That's what it means. Listen, I'm going to sing a song unto the Lord until I see the breakthrough. Some speak about yet praise him. And yet praise mean I don't see it yet, but I'm praising. I don't experience it yet, but I'm praising. I don't, I don't know what it's going to be yet, but I'm rejoicing. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you. God, I thank you for I choose to walk by faith and not by sight. See, 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 the question remains, so can you trust God? Can you trust God enough so you can praise him in your pit, and praise him in your prison, praise him in your fire, and praise him in your valley? Can you trust him enough to praise him in the hardest circumstances of your life? Job says, listen, the Lord gives and he takes away. And here's what he says, Blessed be the name of the Lord. He said, in all of this, Job did not curse God. He blessed God. So, so, how do we become trusted? We're going to answer the question quickly. How do we become trusted? Because it's about, can God trust you? Ask the neighbor again, can God trust you? Alright? You want God to trust you? It's very simple. Do you know what God requires of us in order to be trusted? There are just five things. One, two, three, four, five. Five things that if we can live these five things, then God will trust us. Every person who God has trusted in scriptures, they have lived according to these things. It's in Deuteronomy 10 verse 12. And it says, Know and now Israel, what does the Lord, your God, ask of you? Some translation says, require of you. You want to know? But to fear the Lord, walk in obedience to him, love him, Serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Simply put, you want to be trusted by God, you have to fear God. You have to reverentially fear God. You have to walk in obedience. Mean, do what He tells you to do. Come on, tell your neighbor, you have to walk in obedience. Do what He tells you to do. Three, you have to love Him with your heart. All of you, you have to love him with everything that is within you. Make him first place in your life. You have to serve him totally. You can't have two masters. You can't have two heads. Anything that exists in life that has two heads is a monster. You can't have, listen, only one ruler can be over your life. Who do you serve? Choose this day. Who will you serve? If God is God, then serve Him. And if Baal is God, then serve Him. But you can't have two masters. You can't have two masters. To ask a neighbor, who is your master? Then you submit to Him. You submit to Him. You surrender. You say, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'm ready. I'm ready, Lord. Lord, you just say it, and I will do it. God, you just say it, and I will do it. Whatever you want me to do, Lord, I will do. So how do we be develop this trusted heart? How we get to the place where God can trust us? We fear Him. We walk in obedience. We love Him. We serve Him. And we submit to Him. Hallelujah. Listen, we're going to pray. I want you to just bow your heads where you are. Right now, and. Listen, there are many of us who have messed up the middle, so we have missed out on the promise. We messed up in the middle because the pressure in the middle was so intense, we couldn't bear it. And instead of standing like Paul did, we gave up, we quit in the middle of the process. So we missed the promise. If you mess up the promise, if you mess up the process, you miss the promise. if you mess up the process, you're going to miss the promise. And sometimes what we do, we mess up the process to the promise, and the promise gets delayed. But God is full of mercy. And if we repent, he's faithful, he's a just God, for the promise still prevails. So just ask him right now with your heads bowed and eyes closed, just ask him to to forgive you for not uh, trusting him in the process to the promise. Maybe we have made some errors and Maybe we have done some things wrong. Maybe we didn't fear him. Maybe we didn't fully obey him. Maybe we didn't love him. Maybe we weren't serving him totally. Maybe we weren't totally submitted to him. And because of that, things got messed up. Maybe for you, you know, the pressure gets so hard that you stop attending church. Maybe the pressure was so much that you never stayed in a posture of prayer. You never willed yourself to to, to praise him. During the battle. Just Lord forgive me. It's okay to repent and ask God for mercy. It's okay to be honest. And open and transparent before this holy God. It's okay. To acknowledge that we got it wrong. And as you... You ask him to forgive us, the Lord, in the name of Jesus. I commit right now to trust you in the process to the promise. You just say to him, I will will myself to praise you before the battle, in the battle. And after the battle, I will myself to remember that you have never failed me and that you are still in control. Say, I commit, Lord. Praying and fasting to giving up so that I can go up. Say, in the middle, Lord, I will not run away from you and from the fellowship of the saints. For I need others. And as you comfort me. In my troubles. I will comfort others. With the same comfort. Hallelujah. Come on I'm going to ask you to just stand to your feet with me. And I want you to lift your hands this morning. I want you to lift your hands to the Lord God Almighty. So we talked about these five things in Deuteronomy 10, verse 12 that we need. And so with your hands lifted this morning. Say, Lord God Almighty. Jesus son of the living God I commit to fear you I commit this morning to walk in total obedience I will do what you ask me to do I commit to love you with my whole heart commit today Lord to serve you totally and I submit to you in Jesus name hallelujah come on with your hands lifted just begin to thank him begin to praise him the scripture says I will bless the Lord at all times. Come on, just take a couple of minutes right now and begin to bless Him. Maybe you're going through your season where the prison walls are closed and you just need to praise God. Maybe I don't know what kind of prison, maybe it's an emotional thing you're going through, and you maybe it's a Tough decision, maybe there's a hurt that you're bearing, but whatever prison walls of confinement and marginalization, there we know that as Paul and Silas praised the Lord, the prison doors were open. Hallelujah. As Judah, the praisers went out in Chronicles. The scripture said that the enemies heard your sound and saw it was a mighty army, and they begin to run and they left everything behind just just i I will bless the lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth my soul will boast of the lord hallelujah the scripture says come magnify the lord with me let's bless his holy name hallelujah hallelujah we bless you jesus hallelujah hallelujah come on i don't know what you're going through just just will yourself The god i know that you're able to work all things together for my good why shall i fear for if god be for me then who can be against me It in for us. Hallelujah. Listen, I'm going to invite the worship team to come. We're going to bless the Lord. We're going to lift up the name of Jesus. Listen, come on, just clap your hands for him. Just clap your hands for him. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, just open your mouths and just give him a praise this morning out unto God the scripture says with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. We bless your name Jesus. You are king of all kings. You are lord of all lords. You are the conquering lion of the tribe of Judah. You are the God who was and is and is to come. Oh we bless your name. Hallelujah. Glory to the lamb of God. The conquering lion. Oh the mighty Counselor, the Prince of Peace the everlasting father glory be to Emmanuel God with us oh we thank you God your Jehovah Nishi your Jehovah Rafa Jehovah Machadesh we bless your name we exalt you let the praises go up the songwriter says and the blessings
1: come down we lift up the name of Jesus Hallelujah! 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 Hallelujah!
0: Hallelujah! Yes, Jesus. Come on with your hands lifted. Just continue. Just just make melodies in your hearts. Just just so, just for a minute, just begin to praise him, begin to exalt him. Hallelujah! Come on, just thirty seconds more. Someone says, "So when I fight, I fight on my knees."
1: So when I fight, I fight on my knees. <laughs> With my way lifted eye, oh God, the battle belongs to you. Know, and everything I lay at your feet, i sing for the night. Oh God, the battle belongs to you when I fight. I bow, fight on my knees, they in the it, and oh God, to and every I lay at your feet. Thankful the night. Oh Come on, God, just one more time. I'm going to be glad. So when I fight, so when i fight I ride on my knees. But my head will be good Oh God, you've got to be so And every few I will you. at Sing through the night Oh God The body belongs to you An oh, mighty fortress You go before us Nothing can stand against The power of the God Shining the shadow, you will be there, Nothing can stand against the power of all God. And I'm my fortress, you believe for us. Nothing can stand against the power of all God shining the shadow you win every battle nothing stand against the power of all God and almighty you will be up your hands.
0: Listen, as you go this morning and go today, the Lord goes before you. He is an almighty fortress and nothing can stand against the power of our God.
1: So praise Him in the middle. Fear the Lord. Walk in obedience. Love the Lord.
0: Serve Him submit to him the promise still prevails and if God can trust you in the middle you will inherit the promise hallelujah listen God bless you go in faith whatever you're going through if Daniel made it out of the lion's den and the Hebrew boys made it out of the fire if Joseph made it out of the pit and Rahab out of Jericho, you can make it out of what you're
1: going through. A way to believe that.
0: So stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. They're more for you than they're against you. that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. So be encouraged and be blessed in Jesus' name. Come on, clap your hands for him. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the day.